Hello, and welcome to the Red Rooster Golf Podcast. Alongside company founder Carrie Moher, I am a returning Brad Fritch, former PGA Tour player, current Corn Ferry Tour member, and Red Rooster founding partner. Red Rooster Golf, join us in waking up your golf glove game. It's part of your equipment, it's ever-present on each and every shot you hit, yet it's often ignored. Learn to manage your glove, make sure it's there to help you, and change it when it's not. Red Rooster Golf, wake up, shake up, step up, and give. Well, Kerry, lots going on in the golf world. Since we last spoke on the Red Rooster Golf Podcast, we had uh, the Canadian Open, the 72-foot putt heard around the world from Nick Taylor, which was obviously a huge thing for us uh, Canadian golfers, and then the U.S. Open uh, at L.A. Country Club. What a what a what a great couple of weeks! I thought outside of the noise of Live Golf and PGA Tour, but what a, what a couple of great tournaments! Uh, how did you see it? Yeah, I, I love to see the Canadian Open move around to just see some new golf courses. Uh, I know Glen Abbey well; it makes for great theater. But I just almost know it too well. It becomes a bit too predictable. It was neat to see Oakdale look like great golf course. And just obviously that finish was incredible. That I don't watch a lot of golf on Sundays anymore. I just don't have the time. <laughs> I'd love to. But I I just kind of had a feeling like uh, I was like, you know, I'll watch the first little bit. And if Nick Taylor's in the mix, I'll, I'll kind of carve out some time and we ended up like my whole family, like all my my wife and my daughters and my son. We all watched the, the last few holes, and uh, it was it was kind of hard to watch Nick do that interview when he was playing fifteen. I was like, oh boy, I don't know if this is a good idea or a bad idea. Um, and uh, it and then he had a, you know a couple of scraggly holes after that, but man, he was so clutch. His his putting. I've been using the claw ever since watching. <laughs> I'm like, maybe that maybe that's it. It's just the claw. That's what was missing. But no, great, great theater there. And then US Open, amazing. I mean, LACC, just to see that golf course was fun. Um, you know, a bit of an architecture buff and to just never seen the course itself. I thought it was just incredible and uh an amazing finish and so cool to see Wyndham you know, hold off, you know, Ricky and, and Rory and clothes like that. Um, yeah, I just thought that, yeah, it's been a couple of great weeks, uh, for golf if you're a fan. Yeah. I thought the only thing that stood out to me about the U S open in a negative way was kind of the way the scoring went super low early. And then they kind of figured something out and, and made the scoring, uh, worse as as the week went on. I thought it was just a little bit strange. I always think whatever you have when you get there, that should be it, whether you're a player or the golf course and just let it play out. But I think we saw some uh, LACC influence over the USGA in a whole lot of things. Apparently, they bought up a whole bunch of tickets. The atmosphere was a little bit different uh, than, than usual US Opens, but uh, I enjoyed the golf. I thought it was great theater seeing kind of an unheralded, you know, in air quotes, because he's a great player, uh, Wyndham Clark pulled off Rory, who was playing great, just again, couldn't get it close enough to make any putts. I didn't think he hit it awesome. I just thought he hit it very solid for a final U.S. Open round. And again, bogey on a par five coming in on 14, that was basically the difference. So um, 
Yeah, it was a fun week. You know, I, I think out of all the guys in the mix, I've actually played the most with Wyndham Clark. Not that I've played with a lot of them, a lot with him, but uh, super long, um, super talented Oklahoma State guy. So anyone who goes there is obviously highly recruited, super talented. And uh, a couple of wins in the last two months kind of gives you an indication that he's on his on his way up. Uh, but out of the pro golf world, this episode is about our new introductory ultra premium glove that we've been trying to get done for a while now. We've had some bumps along the way. We've had a lot of beta testing, which I think is important. But uh, if you're listening to this, the Sussex is available right now. And uh, I'm super excited about it. I know you are. Uh, Let's just start with kind of an overview of where we came from, which is kind of we make golf gloves that are more durable than most. And we saw a need to find another entry in our in our portfolio, so to speak. But start with our our main line of gloves and and why they're so durable. And then we can pivot to the Sussex after that. Yeah, sure. Well, well actually, I'm going to throw it back to you. I just, I'd love to hear your perspective on, like, you, you know, kind of my backstory was, I was kind of the this cheapskate with gloves. I just I didn't value them, and then I kind of saw how you really did. I remember you saying, you know, if I didn't get these gloves for free, this is the you know one piece of equipment I'd go and invest in on my own. So maybe talk us through like like what's the typical week for a tour pro? How many gloves do you use during the week? How do you use them? Because I, I think that's important to kind of frame how we positioned you know our line of gloves currently. Okay. That makes sense. Okay, so on tour, um, on the PGA Tour, there's no hard and fast rule about how many gloves you get. You get as many as you want. I was pretty conservative with wearing gloves. I'd probably use one glove for every two rounds. Um, I, I would usually take some older gloves and wear them for the range, but then practice rounds, break out a new glove, two practice rounds, that glove goes away. Uh, one thing that makes guys go through a lot of gloves is the kids on the side of the ninth green or the 18th green saying, can I have your glove? And you're like, yeah, sure. No problem. So, you know, break out the Sharpie, sign it, give it to a kid. Um, so you go through a lot of golf gloves, uh, for a long time, I used the Titleist players glove early on in my career. So that was Canadian tour nationwide tour. I'm dating myself. Um, and then for some reason I switched over. I don't remember why. I think I just like the fit better. It was the FootJoy uh, Cyflex, and I think now it's called the ProFlex. And if anyone can't tell the similarities between the ProFlex and the Cape, Red Rooster Cape, then I don't know what to tell you. They're pretty similar. <laughs> so not a surprise I like that glove. But um, usually your locker would have a box of six gloves in it, and that's enough for a week. Um, but some guys got more. And I, I think it just depends how often you give your gloves away. Uh, but a, a, a discerning player might use one glove per round and they're available to you. So why wouldn't you get the absolute best feeling glove you can have for every round that you play? The rounds are worth a lot of money at that level. So if you're getting them for free, you can go go through them as many as you want. Like I noticed when I was caddying for you in the Corn Ferry um finals in in the fall other than 
our Taiwanese friend who had a glove um, that was like maybe a year or <laughs> it sure was old. Uh, more often than not, I, I saw a pro pull out a new glove on the first tee and or it was a glove he had used for like a light warm up. Um, is that pretty typical? You're, you're going to see, you know, who's who's breaking out a glove from yesterday or or last week on the PJ Tour? Yeah, last week, no, never. Um, yesterday, maybe. Like, I would do that. I would go Thursday, Friday, same okay. glove. I mean, y- you look at any of our gloves after one round, it's like you haven't worn it. So as long as you keep flat and dry, um, if you have a little storage container, the glove compartment in our case, I, I think you can safely use that second glove, even playing for $20 million, no problem. Uh, but rarely, if ever, would I have gone into the weekend not using a new glove. That's kind of, it's just silly. If they're there, if they're available, you want to have the best feeling that you could possibly have. Um, I mean, hey, it's in our tagline. There's nothing like putting on a fresh glove on the first tee. Like, there's nothing like it. It's it's a, it's a great feeling uh, if you're a golfer. And so, um, yeah, I, I don't think guys think about gloves, but they're using them because they can. And why wouldn't you use the the new fresh one in almost every single round? It basically comes down to that. Yeah, I, I guess that that is a it's a key distinction. There, part of that is just like that preparation of like putting that on on the first tee as part of that. Like you know, here we go. First tee is so critical to getting that that round off to a start and that's there's a bit of a mindset there I think too um so I think you know that walking through that and I remember some of your feedback on you know pro-am participants in particular where you you know these are like fairly well-to-do golfers who love the game and and have the wherewithal to you know have a fresh gloves in any given round and and quite often you'd see that you know they might have a player's glove or some of these sort of like call them premium tour quality golf gloves that are a little bit thinner a little bit softer but they just don't last as long and you see top amateurs even just using gloves a lot longer than they need to um and uh and or the glove was designed for and that was kind of the inspiration between you know our current line of gloves so you know, when we went over and met with the manufacturers and we got into the tanneries, we realized like we can make a glove with uh, any leather weight that we want. You know, you can go all the way up into, you know, goat leather, which is, you know, really thick, used for baseball typically and and was used back in the day for some, some of the old school brands used them for golf, but it's a pretty thick glove, super durable. That one would last you all year. Um, just lacks that feel so then you start getting into that cabretta leather which is you know the the highest you know quality leather that you can get your hands on the triple a which is you know has the least sort of um you know abrasions and so on sort of the 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 cream of the crop if you will and then within that category you can kind of go through this thinning process and use calipers and kind of get it down to whatever thinness thickness you're looking for and we tried to get something that, you know, straddled the line between, um, you know, feel and durability. And so in general, our current line of gloves err on the side of durability, just 
we felt like our audience would appreciate a few more rounds with the glove. That's kind of the direction that we went. And, you know, as a result, there's, there was a hole in our lineup. You know, we, we addressed the, we built out the range rooster with that synthetic glove meant for practice, super durable, use that for warm up, long practice sessions, save the leather gloves for the course. We developed the performance line. You touched on it, the cape and the silky that have a little bit extra stretch to the knuckles and palm and uh, love those gloves. Those are, you know, probably my, my favorite. And then you get into, you know, what we call our classic line, you know, hundred percent Cabretta leather, whether it's colored or pearl white, et cetera. It's, um, those are the gloves that all use the same grade of leather, the same weight and same thickness. So there was just this gap in the performance category and we saw it this year kind of exposed. I mean, it is probably the only negative feedback we get from, from customers is, you know, what is your thinnest, softest glove? And in fact, all of them are in the same category. So, um, right. Constant, a constant question, not that they won't purchase whatever they purchase, but that is a, definitely a, a question we get asked a lot. What's your softest, thinnest glove? Well, they're all the same. Yeah, that, that's right. Uh, and so um, so that kind of led us to the the Sussex. And also we saw it in the My Golf Spy review this year. You know, last year we did really well in the performance category. And I would say like our gloves, are that they really shine in, in that category because they've got great feel. They've got great durability. That's what's valued in that category. And My Golf Spy eliminated that completely and lumped in premium and and performance gloves into the same category and we don't you know compete as well in that because we didn't have that that thinner softer glove and we'd been working on it for a while so you know good timing we were always shooting kind of for this summer uh we did we were shooting for for last summer for the rain rooster and you had had to continually kind of make some tweaks there but um we were able to deliver the gloves are held up in customs both canada and the u.s uh some cases for a couple weeks, um, but uh, we've been able to to go through the beta testing process and get the production pre-production run and our production run done. So super happy with the glove. The beta testing's been great. Uh, a few surprises there um, in in a good way. I thought, you know, my only concern really was, you know, will this glove melt? You know, will it just not hold up? We've yeah tried to be the, you know, this really soft, durable glove. And now all of a sudden, you know, is this the glove that rips and tears and falls apart after a round or two and becomes somewhat disposable, but, um, you know, maybe speak to the, the feedback that you have specifically, Brad. I mean, you've used the glove. What's, what's your take? Yeah, I've used it a bunch. Uh, it feels better than our classic line and as it should, it's, it's softer and thinner, like you said, and I'm still, going strong with it probably six or seven rounds. I remember seeing a, a group of beta testers and I think you had kind of prepped them, you know, the pre, the pre shipment info. And then you just had a little blurb at the bottom and it said, you know, this'll, you know, we're, we're, we're striving for three to five rounds out of this glove. And, and I remember seeing, cause everyone's on kind of a forum and we can see the comments and a lot of the comments were saying, well, wait a second, that's not very long at all. And I, I became not concerned, but just a little bit like, uh, that doesn't, that doesn't sound good to them. Um, obviously not 
that won't be in our marketing pitch. But then they come back a month later and say, no, it lasted way longer than that. And that's been my experience too. Uh, it's a great glove. And I, we kind of took some some measures with styling that are a little bit different from our, our classic line. So our classic line on the Velcro strap, strap it has the, you know, the rooster uh, with the circle around it. We've got the woven label on the left, a lot of, lot of brand marketing, um, and, and it's worked well. Uh, but kind of talk about the Sussex and kind of some of the things that we did with that. Yeah, so I, I actually pulled up the feather. Uh, so in, in a lot of ways, we've styled the Sussex to be almost like a more subtle feather uh, style-wise. You know, the feather's got the woven, the red woven label. I love that. Got one with the circular logo. Um, sort of circular icon logo and then our pull tab on the back. It's great. It's probably our, our, our simplest, you know, cleanest style. And then, but we wanted to differentiate the, the Sussex from, from the, the feather, not just in the, the quality of leather and the, the thin thinness and softness, but also kind of visually. So you can see here just with the, this is, this is the, the Sussex here, just really like simple icon eliminated the circle just really let that kind of like rooster take up a little bit more space on on the um velcro tab we eliminated the woven label on the side um we had you know some some feedback from some customers wanted to kind of like just uh um thought that was extraneous uh, some would argue some of our gloves are a bit over branded um and uh probably guilty as charged and then just kind of streamlined even just the pull tab made it a little bit bigger it's a, it's a softer glove. I would say that it, you know, it definitely, I've found it, it stretches out a little bit more. Um, so it's, it may be, you'll want to go for like an even sort of tighter fit at first, cause it is really thin and soft. And so don't be afraid to kind of like really let that thing get on really tight at first. I found it, it stretches out a little bit. Um, I was concerned that it would stretch out too much and maybe um, you know, get a little bit sloppy, but I found the fit to be great. Uh, the durability has been surprising. Uh, it's definitely going to, you know, isn't going to last as long as, as, as a feather or as our classic line of gloves, but it's, it's still holding up really well. I'd say we, we erred on the side of caution there, even with beta testers to just sort of ensure that we set proper expectations there. And they were all super happy with the durability, love the feel um, you know, literally does melt. It, it really, I think it, it shores up a gap in our, you know, glove line and, um, super thrilled with it. It, it's our best glove, you know? So it's, it's the, like playing a bucket list round or you're playing in the member gas or you're playing a tournament round, you know, something special. I think this is the glove that, that you're going to want. I think you'll, you'll want a couple of these a year. Um, but I would still say, you know, I'm probably still going to go back to the classic line kind of day in, day out, um, but uh, but hit up the Sussex when it's, uh, you know, something where I'm, I'm looking for that little extra, you know, feel and performance. Yeah, I must say when we talked about developing a premium glove, I just had to ask you, well, how do we do that? And I learned a lot about our proprietary mold in our classic line of gloves. And then you say... Well, there's this thinning process that they use, and however thin they make our classic line, they just keep running it through the leather thinner until we get what we want. And so I thought that was an interesting, uh, I, I can't wait to go over there with you. I know you've been there either two or three times, and 
and it's just it's just such a fascinating process to me and I'm, I'm excited to go um so like you said bucket list rounds tournament rounds club championship member guest those types of things um or for the golfer who just wants our absolute best glove i'm excited to uh to show this to everyone like i said if you're listening it's available now uh i'll tell a quick story about something i uh yours are yours were tied up in customs for a little while mine were tied up for like a day or two i I think they you know they all come on in a container there's other stuff in the container uh i finally get them i'm unpacking them in the office and i can't find them now we have a whole bunch of other gloves you have 32 boxes there's 350 gloves in each box and they're all labeled white the names aren't on there it's white white black red black gray and i go through all the whites nothing there they're feathers i'm like okay let's try the white black and the first couple white black i wore capes and then i open one of the black boxes it's the saddle one red box it's the comb i'm having a panic attack i've only had one other panic attack in my life it was about three minutes before i had a colonoscopy because four doctor four nurses came in the room and all started doing things at the same time and they weren't speaking and all of a sudden i went from body temperature of 98.6 to about 42 degrees it felt like it was just a uh, it was not a good experience this is the experience i had in the office trying to find the sussex and so I called my, or our colleague, Glenn, I'm like, Glenn, I can't find it. I'm panicking. I'm not going to call Carrie because he might take a long walk off a short bridge. <laughs> um, so he goes, oh, they're in boxes one to four. And the boxes are labeled with numbers. You and I aren't great with uh, spreadsheets and packing lists. Uh, so I didn't have those available to me. And I look in box number one. Oh, thank God. There it is. It was in the white-black category. I hadn't opened that particular box yet. I opened them all up. They're all there. Uh, but just some of the things that can happen just in, you know, we had this long beta testing phase. We had a pretty good marketing campaign, I think, around the Sussex. People are asking about it, wanting it to be available, you know, not today, but two weeks ago. And yet here we are, and, and these timelines were all met by the manufacturer, and yet I'm thinking we don't have it, and I'm in full-blown panic mode. It's like the joys of owning a small business, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, keep in mind, like, th- this this production run was actually made in November of last year. Right. Which, we should tell people, is better than the last production run, which took, some of them took 14 months. Now, this was in and out of COVID and travel restrictions and, and shipping uh, gluts and, you know, half the workforce was working, half was at home just to make sure that everyone didn't get sick at the same time. So there's a lot of stuff going on and we get why that happened. And now it's cleaning up a little bit, which is good, but you're right. Like this was ordered in, in November and we ordered a lot of gloves. So it's, we're, we're good. Um, but on that day when they came, it's like, oh my God, this was all for nothing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Yeah. There's been a few of those. In retrospect, yeah. it was funny. Yeah. Yeah. So, so far, so good on this front. I mean, there's always something it seems with, with everything. Um, but this is one of those things where like the plannings kind of come through for us. The customs was like a minor hiccup headache and, uh, 
now we're finally ready to rock. So yeah, I'm excited to to start shipping out the Sussex, getting the feedback. I feel like it really, you know, rounds out our line of gloves. We've tried to do everything from, you know, the rain rooster, range rooster, the performance gloves, to just make sure that anything glove related, we got you covered. And uh, so feeling good about it. Looking forward to everybody's feedback over the next couple of weeks. 100%. You know, we, we've done some cool uh, other things. We we did the bag collaboration with Stitch. That went really well. We've got uh, these Precision Pro rangefinders coming in the next couple of weeks, Red Rooster branded. Uh, I'm excited about the summer, and the Sussex certainly uh, kicks it off and, and it's going to get it off to a great start. Uh, you've got a couple questions for me. Is that right? Uh, I do. Let me pull those up here. It's from Greg Cusack, and it it just sort of touches on this. I know we've we've we touched on this and we can go into a little bit more, but his question is like, what separates Red Rooster gloves from other companies? And I think that was one of the the things that when we went over, we to some degree you don't want to reinvent the wheel, you know, but you want to piggyback on on what some of these manufacturers with all this experience have been doing. But we also wanted to put, you know, our own spin. You talked about you know, creating our own molds and creating our own cutting dies and, and things so that, you know, our gloves aren't identical to, to others in the market and putting our own spin on different stitches and different, you know, use of elastics when and where and how. Um, and then I think the other piece was, you know, it's sort of a proprietary thickness, you know, um, and that's not to say that you couldn't figure it out. It's not uh, Colonel Sanders, you know, secret recipe by any stretch, but it, it's just different. And we, we created it to gloves to hold up in the heat and uh, be a little bit more durable. And, and we're proud of that. And that's been the feedback. And I'd say most of our customers really value that. But now we've also got, you know, that thin, soft performance glove, you know, where needed. So I'd say that's the piece about Red Rooster that separates us is we're just looking for those. It's just these tiny little things that we think we can put our stamp on to differentiate. Yeah, the physical product. It's more durable than most gloves. Uh, we have a unique subscription program that, that people can get on. We have a lot of subscription customers, uh, one a month, one every two months, whatever the frequency you choose. And then, of course, we have our philanthropic angle, which is every glove we sell, we donate a glove to kids' uh, youth golf program. So I think there's a lot that separates us. Um, so I'd say for a, a first-time listener, just... Just check us out. I'm going to piggyback on that. There's another great question from from Tim King, and it's, uh, how did white become the default color of golf gloves? And um, so the interesting part is, and you kind of notice this, I, the thing I always say is like, first of all, when you, you know, check out your glove, the next time your red rooster glove comes in the mail, have a look at the stitching. You know, it's all hand-stitched. So it's really amazing. Just kind of appreciate that, you know, a, a person did this. So there's a craftiness to to this, especially when you start looking at like the thumb stitch and the, the stitches along the different seams and so on. The other is every glove is slightly different. I mean, they're all from almost, you know, a piece of leather, you know, is makes one glove. And um, so most of these the, the skins themselves are what they call pearl white. So it almost has this, I feel like it's got like a little bit of a ice blue tint to it. 
So yeah, same. So here. the white gloves. So I find every every glove looks slightly different in in the white gloves. Kind of love that. They're somewhat unique, and they're not dyed white. Um, and uh, so the there's these little new on the go get into like subtle gray tones and those types of things. Um, but as far as like why is that the default? Uh, a I'd say that's because like they aren't dyed, and once you get into the dyeing process, that that's a whole other um, animal and we've got you know lots of colored gloves as well um but i think that the nice part about what i like with with the pearl white gloves is that you start you can kind of see the wear a little bit more you can see as it gets a bit more slippery like i love the saddle glove but i have a harder time figuring out when to change that glove uh black glove looks like it's you know it's kind of bomb proof and and kind of takes that beating you don't really see the wear see as how slippery it's getting so I think um, maybe that's that's one of the advantages, and I just and maybe the other thing now is just like these pearl white gloves. They go with lots of different outfits, so we notice that you know the white gloves are by far our most popular. People love to dip into some of the cool colors, but um, the white gloves are are always the gloves that move the fastest. Uh, a lot of people won't know this because I've gotten questions from actual professional golfers before. What animal does Cabretta leather come from? It's uh, it's sheep leather, so it's it's yeah. uh, it, it's kind of a, you know, a, Indonesia has amazing leather. It's a Muslim country that um, eats a lot of lamb, and the skins are a byproduct of of the the food system. And that's where I sort of during COVID, why there was this, it was really difficult to get your hands on on that leather because um, there weren't as as many. Um, lambs being used for for food and all those types of things and you can't sort of justify getting these skins if they're not sort of going through the food system so it's a and cabretta leather is it's a particular type of sheep that has a very fine um hair so it lends itself really well it's got that really smooth surface there's other types of sheep that have thicker hair follicles that have like a rougher surface so it's cabretta has that thin soft feel sort of perfect and perfect for golf gloves i think it's used in a few other things i think you might see it in like equestrian um other sort of fine motor skills um but it's it's pretty specific i don't i don't know of too many other sports that use cabretta i guarantee you at least one person learned something new today from that (laughs) because nobody knows that it's funny um, all right. Well, we are uh, going to get out of here. I'm excited about the Sussex. Guys, go check it out. Guys and gals, go check it out. It's available now on redroostergolf.com. Uh, where else can people find us, Carrie? You can always find us on our social channels at Red Rooster Golf or online at redroostergolf.com. Thanks so much for joining us for this episode of the Red Rooster Golf Podcast. For my partner, Carrie Moher, I am Brad Fritch. We'll see you again soon. Until then, tee it high, let it fly, and cock a doodle doo.